like again, going back to do you get yours, right? It's, it's Burger King every day, uh, your way right away. And that's the way that, the, that, the, that we're ra- raising young men. And so now look what happens. Now look what happens if we look at the world around us when you have men who are immature in all those ways. What, what, look how they act out, but like a bunch of two-year-olds. Welcome back to another episode of PPK. I think we may be back to a little bit of a normal rhythm now, right? What's going on, me? Trying to. I'm trying to. <laughs> Just uh, staying busy out here. Staying busy. In the library this time. Back to the old setting. Back to the old setting in Stoobs, um, three hours ahead. And you're missing out on all the fires Sleepy in California. Time. Yeah. You're missing out on all the fires in California. So. Yeah, it's getting kind of crazy, Ooh. dude. You should see our pool. It's just ash. Pools. Oh, ash. It's so smoky out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've had more fires. That's tough. And um, yeah. yeah, cars are covered oh, in you ash. Right, wildfires. I think is what they say. Well, I saw a po- I saw a post today. Right, it's like a a week a week after or a picture of the sky, and it said like a week after um, California uh, legalized uh, pedophilia with that whole bill. So. <laughs> Chastisement is uh, is definitely upon us. So um, I know we normally go to Meeks for inspiration, but today we're going to. I had to step it up. I had to step it up. He he threw me a lob off the board, and I'm gonna have to windmill that. (laughs) Speaking of chastisement, that's kind of what (laughs) what chastisements will do to you. Um, I guess for today's inspiration, it's really um, I've been listening to Father Chad Ripperger a lot, and. like my dad mentioned in the last uh, episode, we recently had a, a talk with another exorcist, Father Gary Thomas, and he was just giving us um, his opinion and what he believes is a chastisement right now, just based on what he sees. And he was talking about, you know, we, we obviously see the health crisis, but we have an economic crisis, especially in our country. Um, there's a health, uh, there's a social unrest with the riots and, and all the craziness, but we also even see like, a, like a, global weather crisis or just everywhere. I don't know. And maybe at least in the, in our area, we have a weather crisis just with the fires and smoke and everything. Um, and so he believes that this is a really a period of chastisement. And when I was thinking about that, it's really just a call for us to step up. And I listened to a, an episode, uh, or it was a conference rather, uh, father Chad Ripperger on effeminacy. And he basically just talked about how to raise a real man and how men today are not real men. And it's really the plague of effeminacy. So I wanted to kind of spend some time as three men in different stages in life um, who are, you know, trying to build a culture of virtue, trying to reach out into the community. And, and just, you know, like our like our motto is, is just change the culture from within. And and so I wanted to talk about um, my Father Chad, you know, in reference to St. Thomas Aquinas, church fathers, moralists, scripture, what does a what does it mean to be a real man, and and what is it that we have fallen into so much that is really plaguing us as men? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would say that um, this is kind of one of my key focuses when I think about ministry and evangelization is really targeted at men. I think um, not to say we're the only problem, but we are a big problem, and I think the lack of um, authentic masculinity specifically biblical manhood and what it means to be a catholic man and how does that look lived out 
in everyday life, regardless of your state in life, and taking our role and our obligation as men, as spiritual heads of our home, as really the servants, protectors, and defenders of, of all things given to us by God, most specifically women and children, and of course, uh, any other gifts. That That's such a critical part of even restoring a culture of life, because we live in a culture of death, and I think it's because we've been emasculated as men. Um, you know, we just have, we just have a, a lot of men who've abdicated their responsibility. Um, I know I come from um, a certain genealogy uh, who had a misunderstanding of what it means to be a true man. And so there's a lot of false bravado. There's a uh, virtue wasn't it. It was more about your vices. It was more, more about um, your passions and your fleshful desires and fulfilling those. And essentially just kind of like what the culture is today, right? Do you get yours? And I think that's the part where we're saying, no, there's, there's a higher calling for us. And I think we're really an X factor when it comes to restoring um, a culture and a world and a society of which um, we can kind of look up to and um, be attracted to in a sense that's life giving. Yeah. I wanted to real quick, just before we kind of dive into it, what is a feminacy? I think we often think of the term like femininity or uh, feminine but it's that's actually not what we're referring to um it's a term um, that saint thomas aquinas who if you don't know who he is you probably should especially if you're catholic um one of the great minds and philosophers doctors of our church um but as far as effeminacy and we can probably put it up on the screen mm-hmm. hopefully um feminacy is the unwillingness to put aside one's pleasure in order to pursue what is arduous or difficult so um, the church fathers and the church also defines, has the same definition for the word sloth. So spiritual sloth, which is just kind of laziness. Um, so you're unable to let go what is pleasurable um, in order to pursue what is difficult, what is hard, right? And we mm-hmm. know that the, the being a Christian is hard. Um, but the difference that um, the fathers have talked about as far as effeminacy versus sloth is sloth is the focus on avoiding what is hard. Sloth is, oh, that's too hard, so I'm not going to do it. Whereas effeminacy, which is perhaps more dangerous, is this attachment to pleasure, feeding our appetites, um, whether that be sensual, intellectual, um, whatever power, whatever that is, we're constantly feeding our appetite. And so I just think of, think about men today, and I touched on it a little bit in the last episode, you know, the typical man in today's culture, especially in our age, Meeks, it's just constantly feeding our appetite. We wake up, we scroll through phone, through the phone, and we play some video games, and then we eat breakfast, probably eat too much, and then we go work out, and then we scroll through our phone again, and then we play um, some more video games, then we'll watch a show on Netflix, and then we'll go maybe work out again, or we'll hang out with some girls, or we'll, it's just constant. And we were never not satisfying that pleasure. And no wonder why we're not doing anything that's actually hard. Mm. So then now these, these men end up getting married or they're with another woman or now there's a child involved and they're not being men. They're like, oh, whatever keeps the peace because that's actually hard, right? So I'm going to have this attachment to pleasure. So yeah, if that keep, makes you happy, yeah, you know, girlfriend, fiance, wife, whatever, you do you. And if, you know, I'm just going to let her raise the kids and I'm just going to sit back and continually feed my appetite. I'll just sit on the couch and I'll watch my shows or I'll watch football 
and I'm going to hang out with the boys. You guys do what you got to do. And then this is what we have today where it's just a plague of um, just false relationships, broken families. And then there's children being raised in this where they have no personality. There's no virtue anymore. No one's actually striving for something outside of themselves. No one's trying to be um, men or women of integrity. It's just... Uh, it's just really, really disordered. And this is why you say, you see it in our culture today. It's whatever you feel. And there's this idea of tolerance and don't hurt this person's feelings. And we want to be inclusive because it's the, of this obsessiveness with um, emotions. And it's really based out of men being effeminate. Yeah. And <clears throat> I think you, you look at most parents and it's not even through just, not only through their actions do they show this kind of uh, oh, men, dad, fathers, do they show kind of this effeminacy, but also like they don't even know how to teach it because they never lived it out themselves. Mm-hmm. So they not only have a dad who's going to do whatever, but it's not like even the, you know, do as I say, not what I do thing. It's like, no, you don't even know how to like teach a man how to be a man. You're sitting there, you know, doing whatever you got to do to feed your pleasures. And you know what? You had this baby out of wedlock, whatever. You got to take care of it now. And you're not showing your kid how to do it, nor do you even give them the basic instruction on how to be virtuous or anything like that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's always going to go back to the family, as, you know, we always say in the Catholic Church, especially. And, you know, thinking about, like, for instance, with our dad, Keone, and I don't know if it was as much as what dad was saying, as much as him just grinding and busting his butt to do things and get things done. And so, like, he could have said a lot of things to me about working hard, but the fact that, he was waking up at four o'clock to go work out before work and then have a full, you know, nine hour day. He used to be commuting a lot, all this stuff that showed me how to be a man more than just telling me how to be a man. And those are, you know, two separate things to do. And, you know, then it was like, by the time I got into sports, when I saw what he was doing and then he would tell me, you know, if you really want that bad, you gotta, you gotta go after it. And so like you take that with you, you start moving through it. That's why I started waking up at four o'clock and, you know, as a sophomore in high school, try to get basketball in and playing five hours, doing all this stuff because he showed me how to do it first. He didn't just say, do what I do as I say, not as I do, you know, and he had both there. That's why it's it's so important to have both of those things. Yeah. I think, um, you know, when I, when I look at this whole problem of, uh, effeminacy and really just a lack again of authentic masculinity is, we now see the result of um, what effeminacy has done because we just see a lot of boys who have fe- who have grown up. They're uh, age-wise are men, but they're really still little boys. So they lack maturity um, spiritually, of course. They lack maturity mentally. They lack emotional maturity. And so now you just have a bunch of grown-up boys. And, and I think they don't know what to do. So, you know, you brought up that point about now, now there's a, a, perhaps a family involved, which is really the sad thing is now you're infringing upon my vices. Like even the, just the, the, the common framework of understanding what a virtue and a vice is, right? Like go up to any 11 year old today or any 12 year old, even high school and say, hey, can you define for me what virtue is? Can you articulate what valor is? Do you know what a vice is? Mm-mm, they couldn't tell you any of that, right? They can tell you how to ste- steal, cheat, lie, um, use people, um, even if they don't see it as such. But if they described how they were living, it would probably be super self, selfish, uh, self-centered, self-serving. And I, I just, you know, so we've got to like 
hit this thing head on because that's the problem today. You know, we've, we just have a lot of men who have literally just kind of been spiritual sloths, completely aloof and indifferent and look at the effect and the impact. I mean, I know I come from a line like that, right? And I think that's a part that I had a choice to make. So I can look at generational, at least the past two generations in my, in my home, uh, my upbringing have not been good examples. And the men in my life uh, as a young man were not good examples. They taught me everything wrong to do and not one ounce of virtue. So it wasn't about the grind, Meeks, as you put it. Right. It was about how can I cut corners? How can I lie still and cheat my way into success? How can I get me a free meal ticket? How can I get this and that? How can I use people and abuse people? What can I do to to uh, satisfy that immediate pleasure that I'm looking for? All of those things. And, and, and that's what, really what the culture was serving up. Right. Is like, again, going back to do you get yours. Right. It's, it's Burger King every day. Oh, your way right away. And that's the way that the, that the that we're ra- raising young men. And so now look what happens. Now look what happens if we look at the world around us. When you have men who are immature in all those ways, what, what, look how they act out, but like a bunch of two-year-olds, right? They have no emotional control, no impulse control whatsoever. They lack any sound judgment or prudence when they make decisions, and now it's, it's always somebody else's fault. It's a blame game. It's always somebody else's fault. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I wanted to <clears throat> go over the four different types of effeminacy. So for the listeners out there, just for us to know maybe we fall to a particular type of effeminacy, especially us men um, that we can really hone in on. And that's, what we're going to target, you know, for those that like sports or those who like, you know, lifting, if you have a certain area that you're deficient in your left hand or a certain muscle group, you attack it so that you can improve on it. So I think um, just really us talking about the different, four different types and what is it that maybe you may be deficient in or struggling with. And that's where the devil's going to, going to try to attack you. But that's also the, the area that God is, I'm going to work with for you to grow in the most virtue and for you to honestly just work towards sanctity. So the first one is the sensual effeminacy. And what St. Thomas talks about is this is kind of the idea of um, the, the over or hyper focus on touch. So if that is food, right, or laying around, just lying down, the pleasure you get from that, any physical touch or sensational touch, that's the sensual um, effeminacy where you're just so succumbed to overeating or um, just being lazy, whatever that is. And the second one is appetitive. So think of like appetite. So appetitive effeminacy is really the pursuit of emotions. It's just constantly whatever, whatever I feel at the moment, you know, I feel like I'm going to keep doing this. And that's kind of what you talked about. Men don't have prudence. Mm-hmm. And prudence is essentially is taking the universal and applying it into the concrete. And what does that need? What does that, what does that require? It requires right reason and emotion governed by your reason. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and today we don't have prudence. Why? Because we do whatever we feel like. Do you, man? It's whatever our emotions are. And that's really the appetitive effeminacy. It's we're just constantly feeding our emotions, whatever feels good. This is why men can be hot headed. We can be so quick to anger or lust or whatever, because it's constantly, we're never learning to gain control and custody over our emotions. So that's the appetitive. The next one is intellectual. And I think especially right now, there's a huge temptation for this intellectual because of, I feel like a lot of people are, with this downtime, they're learning more about whatever it is that they're interested in. 
They're learning more about politics. They're learning more about their um, study. They're learning more about the world. They're learning more about fitness, whatever there is, right? They're diving into it. And the issue here is if you're just constantly feeding curiosity, you're not resting in the truth. And that's what St. Thomas and Father Chad Ripperger talks about is the goal of man of man is to pursue the truth, find the truth, and then rest in the truth. Mm. But the temptation is not to always learn more. Feed yourself, feed yourself, feed yourself. And that's an emotional, it's, it's a, it's a pleasure we get out of it. And I think a lot of people who know, even I found myself when I was looking more and more into politics, it's, it can be addicting. Mm -hmm. You're constantly researching the new thing, right? And, and people on social media, you're following all these accounts and you have this attachment to always look on social media because what, what, what's the news for today? And I want to be in on it or what's the, the latest music. You kind of want to be in the know. And that's that intellectual effeminacy where you get that pleasure from constantly being in the know, being curious, and you're not getting any room for God to actually work because you're so driven by that emotion. And then the last one is volitional effeminacy. So volitional effeminacy is basically just you um, seeking to do your will instead of God's will. And think about, I mean, that's, that's just it right there. If we can sum it all up, that's pride in general. The root of all evil um, is pride. And I just think men in general um, are just can be so prideful and I just think even in myself, as I'm trying to, you know, like I said in the beginning of this episode, with this chastisement and talking to people and growing in my faith, it's like, this is game time, dude. Look at the world around you. You think you have time to just, eh, I'll get to it. I'll just play 2K right now and just hang out with Meeks and we're chilling. Like, no, dude, look around. This world is in shambles and it's time for you to actually step up. And, and as I was looking at this, it's like the Lord starts to reveal just how prideful I can be. Every moment there's like the devil's trying to turn something good and make it pride so that I can start to do seek after my own will instead of the will of God. Um, so those are just the gist of it. Like we said, just we encourage you to listen to Father Chad Ribbinger. It's called How to Raise a Man or um, look into St. Thomas Aquinas on effeminacy. But that's really the four types of effeminacy. And I think for those of you listening, just kind of spend some time after this to reflect on, Lord, what is it that? I'm really struggling with? Is it that sensual? Is it the appetitive, the emotions? Is it the intellectual? Am I constantly reading or in the need to know? And the last one is, am I, am I just struggling to do the will of God? Am I resistant to what he says? And I'm just hyper-focused on my goals, my dreams, my ambitions. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I, you know, that's kind of like exactly what you're talking about. It's kind of why I decided to do like this sort of, you know, 60 day exodus thing that we're doing because I mean, the reality is, is like the amount of time that you spend, I mean, just wasting or not being like present in the world. And like, I think this last week that I've been doing it so far, just feeling so much more refreshed and at peace, just because like, I don't have to like entertain myself 24 seven. I don't have to try to like be looking for something like, you know, sometimes if I'm not, you know, um, talking to people or there's nothing on, like I'm going to put in music. And sometimes it's like when I'm walking somewhere, like, just take the music out. Just sit there and walk. Like, that's it. Be still. Like, chill out. And, you know, because, like, for us, you know, talk about all the time being on the podcast and me and Kelly preparing for marriage. Kelly a lot closer than I am, but only about, like, nine months. But <clears throat> just us both, you know, being super close in the, in, to spending forever with somebody, it's like you have, you have to step up and really figure out now where your vices are and where you're weak. And, you know, I think it says in – and um, one of the gospels, maybe, or in the Bible, how the, you know the 
the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Mm-hmm. And just like our issue is not knowing. Like, we know a lot of good. It's just like doing what you know. That's that's the hard part. Mm-hmm. And so it's like you know when I when I sit and I don't have to look like straight go to my phone. Then what do you do? You get your butt out of bed. That's what you do because you don't have to sit there anymore. So then it's like, well, what are we moving to? And like that's the thing now is like now when I'm sitting and you know I kind of have time to chill. I'm just thinking about what I have to do. You know, my in my fasting today, did I already hit the I already hit the chapel? Did I do the rosary? Could I be reading scripture? And that's what keeps you constantly going instead of being in this like effeminacy of like I'm just gonna keep doing like you're never gonna get out of it. And so. Like, like I said, like doing these things and something that I hope to keep practicing is just like, don't be on your phone unless you need to. Um, just try to keep educating yourself because, man, it is tough. And like, it's crazy when you aren't on your phone and you're not like, and you're just focused on, I don't know, doing like productive things or spiritual things. Temptation isn't as easy to come across because you're focused. So, yeah, I think a big part of like when you're doing the Exodus 60 weeks and what Keone has been talking about, a lot of that focuses on like the, the lower faculties, right? That's a, outside of the intellectual part, which would be a higher faculty being able to, to use reason. But when you start to kind of um, cut those things out and now your will is governing your passions and you're focusing time on growing in your knowledge, then you're no longer, um, you know, uh, so at the mercy of the way the culture blows or the way the wind blows and you're just less susceptible to error. Right. I mean, that's a big part of it. Even listening to to father Chad is because modernism is so, you know, just so much at the core of every institution um, and the culture and the media that you're actually bound to slip up. Right. And you don't even know it. So this whole time you've been, you know, it's like somebody putting, um, you know, antifreeze in your iced tea and you've been drinking it for a long time now and you couldn't smell it you couldn't taste it and all of a sudden organs start shutting down and i think that's the part where it's a little bit of poison and stuff if you don't stay up on it and i think that's what's key doing something like exodus 60 exodus 90 just practicing self-mortification and because you, you're putting those lower faculties in check and you're letting them know who's in charge yeah, something that I wanted to bring up as far as I think we spend a lot of time just like bashing what, what we do wrong and <laughs> what's wrong with certain things. But uh, I'm glad, Meeks, you talked about, you know, Exodus 60 and doing some self-mortification, a lot of fasting. Um, but one thing I wanted to or two things I wanted to bring up. The one is, you know, when we're trying to become men of virtue when we're trying to get rid of this effeminacy that's so prevalent in men today, in order for us to grow in virtue, we need to set a schedule. It has to be consistent. So what time are you waking up in the morning? And just th- obviously this depends on your state in life, but wake up consistently at that time and then um, go to bed at that at the same time and trying to make that consistent. Why? Because now you can plan, okay, I'm going to do my morning prayer and then I'm going to maybe pray my rosary at lunch and I'm going to do before dinner because it's at the similar time. I'm going to spend some time with scripture mm. and then I'm going to do my examination of conscience before bed because it's at the same time. The problem with us not having a schedule is if we don't have a schedule, we don't know what we're going to do. And if something if something comes up, we're more likely to drop our faith. Yep. Just look around. It's always an afterthought. And so setting a schedule is like, okay, I know my schedule. It's consistent. We are expecting it. We can prepare for it so that when that moment comes, 12 o'clock comes, I'm praying my rosary and I've been doing it. And that's real virtue. Mm-hmm. Regardless of what you feel at that day, you're making the exercise of your will. And saying, no, 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 I'm going to do this, regardless of what I feel. 
And that's really overcoming that effeminacy is, is relinquishing that attachment to pleasure. The second thing I want to talk about, which I kind of just led into, is detachment. And Meeks was really talking about that. That's what fasting is, right? You're working on just being detached. But I think in general, you know, Father Chad talks about this. We think of the state of the world today, all the problems, whether it be in our country, whether it be in our church, whether it be in your own family, in your own faith walk, just being detached from it. And I think Father Chad made a really good point because I think people have a temptation of detachment meaning to be indifferent or to mean to meaning I'm detached, so that means I don't care what happens. Yeah. Like, oh, whatever. No, detached means you do your part, but the result or the or the um, end is always in God's hands. Mm. So let's. I think the perfect example is the state of the church. I think all three of us can agree that we are really upset with maybe some clergy, with some um, big level influencers in the Catholic um, realm, especially um, with the Black Lives Matter stuff or whatever it is, right? And, you know, we wanted leaders and we weren't really getting that. And especially in a time of maybe turmoil or unrest. Mm -hmm. And we can sit there and be angry about it. And we can be, you can be, you know, um, furious and, and you can, you can, it can, you can let it harm your faith, right? What's wrong with our church or these men? And you're starting to bash them or whatever that is. And, and what Father Chad was talking about as far as detachment is, no, you do your part. You write, you maybe you write a letter to your priest or your bishop or, um, you you spend some time fasting for them in prayer, but at the end of the day, it doesn't steal your faith. It doesn't rob your peace in the slightest. Mm -hmm. So if you hear about an abuse scandal, it will hurt your heart to the point where you you want to pray for them, but it doesn't shake your faith. Right. And that's what real detachment is. And I think of the state of the world today, and I think this is why I'm so glad you know Meeks is doing what he's doing, and I'm not really on social media anymore. Mm -hmm. It's like. People are telling me, oh, did you hear what happened with this? Or you look at the weather and the, the fires are coming with here. And I'm like, you know, and, and it's a point where am I worried about that? Yeah, I take it to prayer. Do I look every once in a while to make sure I'm still informed? Yes. But I'm not obsessed with what is happening. I'm not constantly feeding that appetite, that curiosity and being addicted to it. And it's I think right now we think of the state of the world. Is your soul ready for what is to come? Yeah. I was, um, I just did a post today talking about that. Cause like everyone's, you know, and, and we're all tempted towards it. So I'm not, I'm preaching myself primarily, but if your whole stock and weight is put into the world, the culture, the government, um, a movement, um, whatever, um, a specific person, a specific priest or clergy or a specific Catholic personality, you're bound to, to, to be discouraged, disappointed, upset, and, um, you know, led to despair because they're all things that are, you know, uh, temporal. They're all things that are, um, uh, not free from sin. So therefore put your faith and trust in God. And I think those people that whose faith are shaken and robbed, um, you'd have to question how deep was their faith to begin with. Right. And so, but Meeks, can you, um, maybe, you know, as we talk about some potential things to do, I know you mentioned this Exodus 60, but maybe you can share some of that, the uh, that discipline, that structure that uh, maybe other people can find of, you know, use that they can put into it, uh, application for themselves. Um, I think some of the things, um, really is geared around like getting rid of excess, honestly. Mm -hmm. Um, it's more of like, is Instagram in itself a bad thing? No, not necessarily. Is going on it three hours a day a bad thing. Yeah. So like, obviously 
I still go on because I'm the one that runs a free trafficking account. So I'll do that if I need to, or like I'm trying to work out some things with, um, you know, I had one of my friends actually want to interview me about like youth ministry through this podcast. Like he wanted to interview me about PPK. So yeah, if I need to talk to them, I will, but my free time is not spent there. And so just the idea of consciousness of what you're doing, that's what Exodus really is about. You know, it's not so much like, you know, if me and my friends are watching the game, I'm, I'm in college, I'm going to watch the game with the friends. But is that what I do as like my building? It's like, I think the difference really is like when you're before Exodus or kind of like what I was doing was, oh man, I really want to do the rosary, but I'm watching the game right now. Instead, I'm saying I'll watch, if I have the game tonight, then I'm doing the rosary before. But if, but if I'm watching the game, I said, man, I really want to watch the game, but I have to do the rosary. So you have that split. And that's really the focus where it's at. It's about just having temperance. And temperance is like the biggest thing for men. And it's like mm-hmm. alcohol, not a bad in itself, excess, all the, you know, you play the game the whole way. And I think that's really the point of it is just like, it just makes you aware every day. That's really what it's, that's really what it's about. Making you aware every day because then you know, okay, even if I went to mass, this morning I went to, uh, you know, 6.30 mass. Even after that, okay, I got to make time for, for the chapel or the port over in uh, Catholic Disneyland. Mm-hmm. And, Okay, well, when I do that, I need to, you know, I need to do the rosary. And just like, that's all it does. It's making you make sure you put your time in the right places. And all the while, you don't even realize that you're not even taking that look at temptation because you know, you don't have any space for it. Yeah. Like when you, when you have time to chill, you're like, all right, you know, if I'm chilling, it's going to be um, whatever it is, you know, watching the game or maybe you're just reading scripture or you're spending time with your family or your friends. So you're just not in this time, you know, just kind of sitting there and only time you have and then when you start thinking, you know, when you're sitting and you're just kind of chilling, instead of just scrolling, you're just thinking about your own life and you're reflecting naturally. That's what we all do. You know, we're sleeping and you don't have your phone there. You're just kind of like looking up at the wall and you're just thinking and that's what you should be doing. You know, constantly reflecting, constantly being conscious of what's going around you, what you're doing. And like, that's really the point I think that helps exist the most. Obviously, the things that they have you do, rosary, all that kind of thing is good. But being conscious constantly of what you're doing and how it affects you is probably the most important part. Yeah, I think if um, if anything, uh, a couple of points that you made makes, I think, all things in moderation, right? So I think uh, St. Thomas Aquinas was a big advocate of, you know, somewhere in the middle, right? He, he, he believed in prayer and study, but also leisure. And I think that all in a healthy way. And it's just really drawing the line between what's an ideal and a value. So if we say God is important to us, if we say faith is important to us, but I don't pray, then it's an ideal. It's not a value. But if I value my faith, if I value God, if I value my family, then I'm actually going to make time. I'm going to sacrifice. I'm going to schedule it. I'm going to provide structure. And that's living a disciplined life. You know, especially as men, you know, we as men need structure. You know, we respond better to regiment and to discipline because if not, what are we tempted to do? To be lethargic because the devil likes two types of people. One who's completely idle and aloof and indifferent and not doing a dang thing. Or the other is an overly busy person, right? Because then if you're overly busy and I mean that with the worldly things, then you don't have any time for reflection, as Miko just said. You don't have any time for, um, you know, to think about like this, these crazy times in our life. Do you think, wow, man, what if the world? That's the question. What if the world end is going to end? sometime soon where are you headed because there's only two places it's heaven or hell so have, are you doing any reflecting in that moment to say dude where is my soul because in the end this body i mean it'll be will be resurrected at the second coming right but and i guess that if it is the second coming here we go right but where is my soul because that's what i'm gonna be judged on not how my body looks not on my bank account not on how many degrees i have 
but on the state of my soul, how much charity, how much love, how much knowledge of God and faith, and how did I live that out? So I just think it speaks to the structure, the temperance, the moderation that we all need to, especially as men. Yeah. um, One last thing I wanted to talk about was just examining your conscience. And I think something that's so helpful is if at the end of the day, you didn't discuss how God worked in your life in that day, Mm -hmm. you don't discuss what's how you sinned what you could have done better that day like it's man i was really impatient with my with my parents or dude i was i was so rude with uh, my coworker, you know or i was really lazy this morning you're like really understanding like this is where i fell today mm-hmm. and just having that humility like just man up take it you messed up and just having that conversation with yourself or if you have a, a significant other a family member or an accountability partner whatever that is having that examination of conscience every day and imagine if you were to say like every day Lord, you worked in, on me this day. I struggled with this. Help me do better tomorrow. So when you are tempted to fail tomorrow, you see it as a gift. Like, man, I am really being tested right now, but I know I struggle with patience because I just examined that last night. So this is an opportunity to grow in patience. Mm-hmm. And what the fathers have talked about, Father Chad talks about, is you get the grace to get better at that and build the virtue after you've exercised your will. So you don't become patient before you exercise patience, you become more patient after you've said, I decide to be patient right now. And then it'll become easier over time. And I think it's something we recognize in everything else except our faith. Mm-hmm. We recognize that I know I'm going to be sore right now and it's going to hurt. But the next time I bench, it's going to be a lot more and easier. But like with our faith, we just, our brains just start to melt and we don't understand how to build virtue or, or how to examine our conscience and everything. So I just want to just call it all men, but everyone, all faithful, to really start to examine our conscience because the times are tough. Mm-hmm. Meeks, last parting words. Yeah, and I just for young people, I think you really got to look at like the kind of father you want to be because that's something that like impacts me a lot and the kind of husband I want to be. Because you know, Father Chad Ripperger was talking about how a woman was made not to be man's servant, it was to be uh, his helper, and that means that she's helping the task that the man is supposed to do. So. You know, you look at it and you don't want to be the father in front of your kids that has to moan and groan or doesn't ever want to help his wife because he's had such a long day and all this stuff. And when he's home, all he does is go on his phone. He ignores everybody and goes on the TV. Like what you're doing and if you're practicing basically effeminacy in this case or just, you know, laziness, like that's going to reflect on on your on your marriage and it's going to reflect on how your children grow up and understand virtue and how to be a man. And so I think that's something to keep in mind, um, something that I keep in mind like every day, obviously, as like, like I said, preparing for marriage, just uh, about to sign up for marriage prep and all this kind of stuff. So just realizing those things and just understanding that like you, your role is, is humongous as a man, as a, a spiritual father and just someone who's supposed to portray the cross in your family, who's um, supposed to be a servant first and stuff like that. So just keep that in mind as I keep it in mind because we all know I'm the most impatient human being um, at Francisco University and, um, you know, a very judgmental fella and all the stuff that I need to work on. And for all my friends, they probably know that. But uh, just, yeah, keeping that stuff in mind. Yeah, I don't know where you get that from, son. I don't know where you get that from. <laughs> I'm pretty patient myself. and uh... <laughs> Must be in the water. <laughs> it's Must, that ashy water. Yeah, it's it's making water. us all impatient. <laughs> Yeah, and I would just I would echo both of what you what you have to say is I think, you know, we we have to aim higher. We need to you know, we're supposed to be Christ like. And I think that's really the goal. 
is how are we emulating Christ like every single day? And if you're not, um, St. Thomas Aquinas would say the first step towards holiness is humility. And so I think we need to practice humility. We need to know who we are um, before God and really we're nothing without him. So um, we just kind of encourage you all to, 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 to listen to this, to kind of process it a little bit, maybe some take some time to reflect, right? Go and sit in silence or sit in a chapel if you can. But at, at the very least, just sit before God and ask him what he wants you to um, to get from this. Meeks. Yeah, and uh, I think on Father Chad's uh, last last video, I don't know if you guys saw it, but he was talking about liking, commenting, and subscribing to uh, Priest Father <laughs> King. It was, it was a crazy thought. You guys got to watch it. But yeah, I think he said that. Something about, uh, you know, someone help out Colin again. I don't know. He just, he's caring too much again. Yep, Colin, uh, Colin had a little bit of rest for his back, and now I think he just he just wrote us and said that it's it's aching again, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's terrible. Yeah, I mean, we got to send him a Costco sized box of icy hot because it's just it. We need we need help out, Colin. So, um, you know, we thank you guys for joining us again for another episode. Continue to keep us in your prayers. I hope that this helps in your own spiritual walk. And we just ask that you continue to share, like, comment, subscribe and let everybody know that we desire for you to grow in holiness and we desire to see your face in heaven. So until the next episode, get holy or die trying. Peace.